This is a special episode with top management consultant Vitaly Dolgov. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. Hey guys, welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. This is a special episode of the Super Data Science Podcast. It's an episode with my good friend and mentor, Vitaly Dolgov. Now, why is this episode a special one? Well, because Vitaly and I were meant to record a proper podcast episode and I was all set up waiting uh, for him and to call him on Skype and then I hear the doorbell ring. So he actually lives in the same uh, city as me in Brisbane, Australia. And so he actually came over. He thought we were going to record it in person. And so we took us some time to figure out the uh, technical side of things. And then we were just chatting and it, it like time flew by and we didn't have enough time to record a full episode. So instead, we just recorded some fun things we wanted to talk about. So this episode is not specifically about data science, even though we do talk about some data things, but it's more about life experience, uh, things we're up to, you know, just like a fun, casual chat. So if you want to join us for this chat, we're very happy to have you on board. This is a very short episode. It's just over 20 minutes long. And also, if you want more of these episodes, if you like this format, then make sure to go to www.superdatascience.com special, scroll down to the very bottom and leave us a comment. Just say that you like the format and then I will invite Vitaly to have more of these short but fun episodes so we can share our life experience with you. And without any further ado, I bring to you Vitaly Dolgov. All right, so I've got my good friend and mentor Vitaly here in the house. Vitaly, how are you going? I'm good, Carol. <laughs> no, Vitaly, good to be here. Yeah, good. Uh, we were going to record an, a podcast episode, but then I kind of like got carried away with the technical stuff and decided to just record this <laughs> random thing. Everybody on the Super Data Science podcast, this is not really a data science episode. This is just some fun and laughs with my mentor, my friend. Please forgive us <laughs> if you don't get too much data science from this, but hopefully you'll get some laughs and hopefully some life valuable information. By the way, Vitaly, can you maybe introduce yourself a little? My name is Vitaly. I'm Russian, as you can probably judge by my accent. Engineer by trade. Uh, worked most of my life in management consulting and just recently joined Uber uh, here in Queensland, Australia. I promise you guys we'll have Vitaly on uh, the podcast as a separate episode. He's got lots to share, but this is just a, a quick one. Yeah, so let's let's get started with like, what are we drinking today? <laughs> <laughs> We're drinking poor tea. I know both you and I love tea, drinking tea. Actually, I paid attention like about a month ago when you ordered tea instead of coffee. And I'm like, huh, what is, what is that all about? And decided that switch myself to, to tea. And poor is some sort of good substitution of caffeine intake for the day. Yeah. And that's what I brought to you today. Yeah. To share the love. Yeah. It's funny because when I quit coffee, I quit coffee about one and a half years ago. So it's as I left Deloitte, and which was, no, it's a two and a half years ago now. Wow, it's wow. crazy. Yeah, two and a half years ago as I left Deloitte. And then, yeah, it was hard the first month or so. But then 
again, I went to China and actually I bought where and, and like you say, it's a good sub- substitution to coffee. Hmm. And, uh, and you quit, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, uh, I'm good at quitting coffee. Um, I've done it many times. Most <laughs> recently, yeah, it was two weeks ago. I caught myself drinking six cup of coffee on one of the days. Wow. Jittering. Um, my speech was incoherent, too fast, and I decided, no, that's actually physically hurting everything. Myself, sleep, all the business kind of like conduct. Yeah. There was like enough data points yeah. to make a decision, and yeah, yeah. off we go. Yeah, and uh, how do you feel two weeks later? Good, good. There is a bit of a nostalgia yeah. when I when I smell coffee grind or something and want to get the piccolo at least, like a very yeah. small shot dose yeah. of co- caffeine. But no, I think self-will and self-control is stronger at yeah. this point. Yeah. So you think you're going to be able to, you know, keep it up or are you going to cave at <laughs> some point? <laughs> no promises made at this point. Um, I hope that I will go into the just casual mode, like mm. having a coffee once every two months, three months, just mm. for the... Taste. sake of taste yeah yeah would be much better alternative mm. to many many coffees per day yeah it's, it's funny because like i feel that like about a year ago when if you were to tell me that i'll be like no you should go cold turkey you should forget about coffee completely you know <laughs> but like i feel like i'm growing up slowly like even you know not that i i haven't drank coffee since then but with other things like i stopped eating meat six months ago but it's not like we, I'm, I'm completely given up on it. Like occasionally I'll have some meat, you know, one, once a month or so. And it, it's to do with lots of things. Like, I don't know, if I, if I decide I'm not going to like drink for, for a couple of weeks, right? Not because like, I have a problem with drinking or anything. But just, you know, like I just don't feel like it or I'm not in the mood. But it's, I, I'm starting to realize that life is not so black and white, right? That, you know, especially if it's not a super bad habit. It takes time to get over something, to gradually ease out of something. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. One good technique is actually forcing yourself to cheat on your rules, but forcing to cheat in a regular and systemized manner. Mm. If you agree to quit doing something, don't do it 100%. Mm. Do it like 99%, but mm-hmm. allow that 1% to happen in a controlled manner. Know that you want to drink it, but at specific circumstances. Like that's what I did with the coffee. Mm. If it's not a social thing, yeah. if it's not to boost your productivity, there are many other ways to, to do that that harmless but just pure because the coffee is known to be good that kind of coffee because a friend takes you out to taste that specific taste and try to understand like how it was done so there should be a different purpose to just substituting sleep Mm. uh, which was in my case and just drinking coffee once you set that rule and say it shouldn't be happening more than once a month yeah i think it could help but i'm just a starter so but we'll see how it's gonna go and what what do you think of that concept that tim ferris uh, has that in his like uh, i think it was in his book about uh, for our body that you actually have a scheduled cheat day like you know you you uh, yeah. follow everything from monday to friday saturday but on sunday you cheat like you eat whatever you want yeah yeah, yeah. i think yeah i think it was saturday right or he called it saturday uh, yeah <laughs> i think that is a modification of that rule in some, of some sort yeah. yeah a bit of an extreme case yeah you have to cheat yourself I know, like, since we're talking about food, another thing we're talking about just now is um, diets. And, uh, mm. like, I was bragging to Vitaly how I've you know, been vegetarian, I feel awesome. And uh, and then, like, we got to talking about potatoes and how you can get every vitamin except for B12 from potatoes. I'll, I'll leave a link in the show notes uh, where 
I found out about this cool video. But what are your thoughts? Like, you know, you've seen meat transition from eating meat to slowly becoming vegetarian. What What are your thoughts? Are you, do you think you'll ever try it out? I think I'm at the point of willing to try it out. Yes. Um, <laughs> frankly speaking, I had this probably foolish concept of bragging as a, as a it's a mannish thing to eat meat. Yeah. And giving up on that is kind of like didn't feel right to mm. do as a man, male, yeah. whatever you position it as. And a strong man should be. Strong eat. alpha yeah. guy. Yeah. And looking at you, you're bloody strong. You're <laughs> happy, beaming, and lots of energy. And you're off meat. You said six or six months, months ago? Yeah, yeah, five or six months. So looks like it's working. So like, damn it. Like my previous label to strong guys eat meat is not potentially accurate yeah and i'm willing to try yeah yeah cool and, and funny because i actually told vitaly just today <laughs> i was shocked that all the gladiators is like historic ar- archaeological evidence that all of the gladiators were vegan they were all and like the whole of uh, alexander the great's army and himself they're also vegan or vegetarian and like it's just crazy like the strongest men in history were vegan you know that's and it, right now the strongest man on the planet right now is vegan they have a competition, strongest man in the world. He's vegan. He wasn't the strongest. He went vegan for three years. That's so funny. That's, yeah. that's enough data <laughs> points to to think about it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah Speaking of food and intake of calories and supplements, how do you keep yourself uh, going? How do you keep yourself sharp and ah, always okay. on the toes? Um, and you've given me a pack, um, a gift today. And, right. um, it's still red. So what is it? And... Um, how do you keep, keep it? Uh, how do you make it happen? Can you, can you bring it? Um, yeah. So, like for everybody on, on listening to this, this is not a commercial. <laughs> this is just something that I think works, and I found out of it from Tim Ferriss, and I got it in my hands right now. This is a pack from Onnit, and Onnit is like uh, so O N N I T. Check them out, and they do like lots of different supplements, mostly based on real natural products so none of that chemical stuff and they have like I, the one i have in my hands right now is called the total primate care it's got two 15 uh, 15 day packs and 15 night packs and it's just like a, a an ensemble of different vitamins and supplements that you can take you take in the morning and the evening like i'm not sure i haven't seen the effects of that i just take it regularly i kind of like like the thought that somebody's taking care of my health and that's kind of the position they have that they're they just give you these packs and, and everything's taken care of for you. you know, it's just got all the vitamins you need, all the minerals. You don't have to worry about anything. But then they have this other one called Alpha Brain. And I actually take that one um, regularly. Like I take two pills in the morning. It's all natural as well. But what I like about it is that after about two months, so 60 days of taking that, I noticed that I, you know, like sometimes you, you forget words, you know, like the, you, you word, a word escapes your memory. You feel on your tongue, but it escapes. But th- so that stopped. And also, I started being like Spider-Man, catching things when they fall. And I, I totally attribute that to the Onnit brand and the Onnit uh, Alpha Brain product. Yeah, I don't know. This is not a commercial. I, like, check with your doctor <laughs> before you make any decisions. But that's that's pretty much it. And uh, yeah, you know, so I gave one to Vitaly today. And hopefully, he'll try it out, see, give us some feedback next time. Sure, I'd love to. And how about, I was going to ask you, you bought a book. What's, what's the book about? Initially, we thought of doing a full-blown podcast on data science or just being analytical and how it helps uh, in your career. And one of the questions that you kindly sent in advance was, what was the book that you would advise to my, meaning your listeners? And this book is a gift from my mentor and my colleague, Michael Spence. 
He's a director at Partners in Performance. Brilliant guy, uh, very, very sharp. And the book is called The Tao of Coaching. It's by Max Lensberg. Hopefully I pronounced the name correctly. And the book is about how to be a great coach. Mm. As you know, management consultants are... We mentioned, yes, that I uh, used to work in management consulting and very closely associated with the field. Management consultants combine strong IQ and EQ skills, yeah. so that emotional quotient and intelligence, uh, so numbers and humans, as, yeah. as I say, together. And this book helps you actually develop the EQ side of relationship, of the business relationship. Yeah. It's helped me a lot to, to become a great coach for people like CEOs, mind managers, GMs, uh, that I most recently worked with. It's awesome. Mm, nice. Check nice. It out. What's what's the best thing you've learned from the book? You can check it out here. So well, at can... the back, um, I have a bit of a habit, and I'm showing to Creole right now the back of the book. I usually write down some of the learnings, and you can judge by mm. different types of pens that I use. I didn't read it in one go. Yeah. One of the biggest insights from the from the book is asking question. Sometimes is more powerful than telling something. Mm. So applying to data science, showing data or asking a question could be sometimes as powerful as showing some chart. Mm. And that to me was initially kind of like, no way, <laughs> no way this is kind of like going to happen. Yeah. Uh, being an engineer and very data-driven, I thought data mm. rules the world. Rules the world. With this book, I started to practice more appealing to emotional side of people mm. being at work. Mm -hmm. And I realized that it actually does work. Nice, nice. And uh, do, you have, do you have like an example you can share? Let me think. Um, well, you think. I just got to say, guys, you don't see this, but this is the neatest handwriting I've ever seen. This is like, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a bit, I don't know, I've never seen something like this, and my handwriting is total crap, so this is really impressive. You guys, I, I, can I take a photo of this and put it on, <laughs> sure, sure, on the sure. show notes? Absolutely. This is fantastic. Not the best skills to have nowadays. I think printing and dictation would uh, rule out writing in the near future, but yeah, yeah. here we go. A bit of an archaeological thing. One example. I'll give it from consulting world. So, yeah. as you know, consultants are usually called to the companies when, in most cases, something is wrong. Mm. Whether the sales are not big enough, whether there is a problem with the business, it's heading towards bankruptcy or insolvency, and you just need to help a company mm. uh, with people who work at this company. And one of the ways that I usually approached my area of analysis was to analyze it in and out understand the biggest impact lever and just present it like on the very last day of that uh, diagnostic, like on day 10 or day 14, yeah. uh, if we assume like two-week diagnostic. I was hoping that it will just like click with the uh, mine manager, with the general manager, construction manager, and they'll say, oh my God, this is the solution that I was dreaming of. Yeah. Uh, you are the best. Please help us implement this. It didn't work that way. No. I tried to do that. I tried to show it and people kind of like, Hmm, okay, interesting, move on. Yeah. And I was kind of like, no, like I like our team has just done such an amazing work. Yeah. All clear and transparent. I realized that um and Michael Spence, uh, the guy who gave me the book, the mentor that I, I referred to, he actually gave me that feedback and said, Tali, like you're giving the data directly to a person unprepared. You're not taking them on a journey. Mm -hmm. And I'm like what the journey is like <laughs> how do you quantify it like yeah. what is the what is the number what is the what is this the journey yeah. it seems very kind of like vague yeah. and the technique of presenting someone with a solution was not to give the answer straight away it was a series of meanings like i'll tell the and 
output that I'm doing these days, when I go to, to analyze or diagnose mm. a site or a business, you go to the place, you take your time, you have several day meetings uh, bef- leading to the final meeting. And what you do, you take the client on a journey. Hmm, look at your business. Like There are a lot of great things. And in most cases, you will notice great things that the client is doing. Yeah. Like it's either safety is awesome, even maybe like better than any other site you've been to, or they pay attention at people-related issues. Like they take very seriously, and people love working in that company. So you start with telling about the positives, and it brings your client closer to you. Yeah. They just start understanding that ah, he actually is uh, looking at my work, and he actually can compliment um, and see the value that I'm delivering to this company. Mm. So kind of like earn a bit of a trust of that person yeah. like along the journey. Then the next step in the next meeting would be, hey, by the way, uh, I found some of the kind of like leading indicators to potentially some areas you could improve, like whether it could be in the cost area, hmm, looks like you don't have enough cost controls set up in place. Is my assumption correct or are my observations good and consistent with your thoughts and your experience, many years of experience yeah. at this side. And they would say, hmm, interesting point. You've noticed that I've, di- I've done a lot of good things. Hmm, maybe you're actually right. Maybe you're noticing some other like potential areas for improvement. Yeah. Kind of like, and they would agree. And then you ask permission, do you mind if I'll go deeper and explore them? He would usually say yes. And that's how you start getting and building your case about the inefficiencies or some areas to improve. Yeah. And like by taking on that journey, like from up upside, and trying to show. <laughs> I warned him. I warned him that we can't see what you're showing with your hands. Essentially, you're trying to uh, take them uh, on a on a peak uh, in their emotional response, yeah. where y-axis is kind of like happiness and responsiveness, and slowly getting into the negative area, oh, into okay. negatives. In terms of, hmm, there is something that we need to work on. There is something confronting that I'm going to show you and present. Uh, that they are more receptive in this case to to understand and yeah. to reflect to. And then kind of like bring, but although there is a problem, I'm going to take you back to the positive. Yeah. We have a solution potentially to, to offer to you. Yeah. So that kind of like going to the peak, then trough and peak back yeah. is the journey that was referred by my mentor yeah. that since like then I use quite a lot. Yeah, nice. So for those of you who are wondering what Vital is trying to show his hands, just imagine a sine wave. It's going up first and then it's going down and it's going back up. And that's what he's saying. But like, I'm sure that's, that's a pretty cool psychological thing. But I'm sure like that uh, on that way up, it's not only about you know, getting them comfortable. It's also this feedback, right? They, they give you valuable information that then you take into account in your analytics and your like, so solving this problem, right? Hmm, so absolutely. I'm yeah. sure it's valuable. Yeah, and um, one of the things you asked me before recording this podcast, what are the techniques that you could possibly give to, to my listeners? And I started to scratch my head and think, is it the genetic alg- algorithms from my uni times that I should talk about? Or is it uh, like cool features in Excel? Probably not. Um, and one of the things that could be useful is deductive versus inductive approach to analyzing a problem. Yeah. That journey and picks and drops actually helps with the deductive approach. Yeah. Do you know, like, do you want oh, me to Yes, it? please. Oh. I'm curious. I'm waiting. <laughs> Give it to me. This is so cool. Awesome. Awesome. So when you go to site, like, as a consultant, like, yeah. and someone asks you, like, 
what the problem is. Like, yeah. Could you answer what the problem is? There are probably many ways to go uh, go about it. We in consulting industry usually tend to say that there are two main approaches. Uh, there are many ways to skim the cat, but one of them is to go through deductive approach and inductive. The difference is one is you have a hypothesis and then you try to prove it, uh, test it, potentially disprove it and come up with another better refined hypothesis and kind of like try to prove it again. Uh, that is a deductive approach mm. uh, where you have some sort of answer that you can improve on. Another one is inductive. You mm. collect all possible data, you put it into a mega model, uh, whether it's like PNL, mimicking model, with all the possible inputs, how many excavators there are in the pit, and all the downtimes and whatnot, and try to look at it and try to play with majority, if not most, levers, and try to understand what are the possible solutions in this case. Hmm. Sorry, can, can I just yep, interject? Please. Vitaly is talking about excavators so much, <laughs> <laughs> because he's like a management consultant and he's done a lot of what have you done, like a lot of fixing up failing minings, uh, mining companies? Yeah, you could probably say that. Not necessarily always failing. Some improving to, to get improvement, whether increase the traje- upwards trajectory or help stop the downwards trajectory and reverse it. And these are like big companies, like hundreds of employees, right? Yeah, probably if you would look at top 10 mining houses in metals, like hard rock mining and uh, soft mining, you will coal mining, you will probably hit 80%. Like, from my experience, I hit 80% of them. Wow, there you go. So, yeah, sorry, back to your inductive approach. Uh, Yeah, two types of approaches, and one is requires, essentially, to do a whole lot of work. Yeah. uh, And it's most likely you will find uh, the solution. Um, Another one is about what we call being smart, uh, without the offense to another approach, uh, is... Or there was a catchy term, uh, not boiling the ocean. Yeah. Um, and where do you get where do you get the first answer? Where do you get the first hypothesis? Yeah. You get it from conversation yeah. with the client. Yeah. And that uh, journey, that curve that we were trying to picture to to listeners, is actually a great way to uh, to tease out initial hypothesis from the client. It might not be right. We are likely to refine it and in many cases change it but it's a good starting point to perceive the problem yeah and that's a good pro- uh, point to improve on yeah very nice very nice i like i like that approach you're combining and you know you get a starting point right you get a reference point so you're not like you said boiling the ocean hmm. yeah wow. one other metaphorical example there are probably too many today uh, <laughs> is uh, you can't sail the ship uh, until you start moving uh, even so you gotta like put yourselves up yeah. Start moving in a direction yeah. and then you can steer. Like yeah. If you are parked up at zero velocity, horizontal velocity, whether you steer or not, you will not move. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I, w- I was doing my jet ski license maybe a couple of years ago, but on a jet ski, right? You, you, if you release the throttle and try to steer, nothing happens. You got to have throttle. Some starting points, starting direction, whether it's wrong or not. Um, yeah. Hypothesis, we call it. And then it helps you navigate waters much faster from my experience. Okay. Okay. That's very cool. So I, I think we should like end it here, this experimental <laughs> episode. Let let people uh, desire more. And uh, if you like it, then come to the website and uh, tell us in the comments and I'll invite Vitaly and we'll have more of these. I think this is pretty cool. 
thanks a lot for having me and um, yeah if you're not having I'm not gonna have me again means the listeners didn't like it it's gonna be good feedback to your right. team probably thanks man thanks all right, there we go. So I hope you enjoyed this. Don't forget to go to superdatascience.com slash special. Scroll down to the very bottom, leave us a comment so we know that you like this format, that you want more of these episodes, and we'll throw in some more amazing things to talk about. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, happy analyzing. <laughs>